2: Now, it's the Rundown, presented by explorestlouis.com. The biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. All right, so Memphis football, of course, as we know, starts
3: their season this weekend, 6.30 on ESPNU, against Mississippi State. And uh, in advance of that, they have released their death chart. They're too deep. Now, there is nothing that gets the people going like a too deep. Oh, yeah! I'm telling you. I mean, it's just—it's one of the most exciting documents. I mean, this is the stuff that Trump was hiding at Mar-a-Lago—the Memphis it's football f- depth chart. Very oh. good. Uh, it was a good joke, Brad. It wasn't a bad joke.
4: You get a rim shot. Oh, I, it was I, so I, good. I, I enjoyed I, I, it. I
3: thought the rim shot was like for the you know the cornball brother. Tweet. No,
4: it's it's uh to exaggerate uh, what was a, a C joke yes. to a B joke. Uh,
3: yeah, I, I fair enough. Uh, so uh, Seth is your starter. Uh, Seth Henigan is your starting quarterback. Any thoughts? No. Um, but moving on down, I got some thoughts. Brandon Thomas is your, I guess, official starting yeah. running back. Yeah, band. he was leaning that way. Uh, the uh, the redshirt sophomore from uh, North Little Rock, and then uh, Javon Ducker is right behind him. Um, who was a transfer from Northern Illinois. So you know, look, it's going to be a uh, you know, it's going to be a two headed monster. And when you think about the best Memphis football teams, that's how it was. I mean, you think about, um, you know, Daryl Henderson and Big Pat yes. and, you know, Antonio Gibson and, you know, Gainwell. Kenneth Gang. Yes. yes. I mean, yes. you need to have multiple guys unless you have Jonathan Taylor on your roster, which I don't think Memphis has.
5: Uh, you want two. Uh, Memphis has always been at its best offensively here recently when it's had two backs that could take over the game, quite frankly. What's good to see for me is. Jay Ducker, who, again, you talk about injury bothering him some the, uh, in terms of the offseason, to see him get up in this spot. Ryan Silverfield has said as much. He wants two guys to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. Good to see a guy that you went and got from northern Illinois. Uh, last year was a 1,000-yard rusher, did big things. To see him, you bring him in. Hopefully this can be the duo. Um, I, I think it's great to see. Look, listen, Asa Martin, there's some other guys in that back, backfield that clearly Ryan Silverfield feels comfortable with, but I'm hoping that this Thomas Ducker backfield is the, is the sort of thing that can take you back to 2018, some 2019 to where you're really, you've got that dynamic ground game that takes so much pressure off your, your starting quarterback, but most more importantly, it makes you a more balanced offense. Memphis has gotten a little one-dimensional here the last couple of years, and what it's resulted in, we've seen, is a drop-off in points per game. Yep. Uh, be nice if it's those are the two guys, Ducker and Brandon Thomas, that can really get this run game back to the dynamic outfit it was back in 18-19. and 19.
3: Yeah, so uh agree with everything you just said there. Receiving uh, Javon Ivory, Gabe Rogers, Eddie Lewis are going to be your, you know, if you're going trips, those are going to be your starting receivers. What's interesting, though, and it's not a big deal because we never saw him, but Shamar Nash just disappeared, bro. The The transfer that went to Central from Arkansas, mm-hmm. he came back, and I don't know if he played at all, and now he's, just, he's vanished. He's gone he's right. he, without a trace. He's right. not even in the student director anymore. He just left. Maybe he graduated and, and decided, you know, to move on. I don't know. But we never saw him, which is like kind of disappointing because I remember when he transferred in, it was like, okay, you know, SEC receiver, you know, from Memphis. It just it so rarely works. It so rarely works when the SEC guy, the guys who are from Memphis go SEC. It doesn't work out. The only guy that I can remember it working with is Keywam Malone. Remember him?
5: Yeah, Alabama.
3: Yeah, he came back to Memphis, and, and he, had pretty, he was pretty Hott decent. Standard. Yeah, he was pretty decent. I, I, I want to say Pax and Lynch was throwing to him.
5: Well, you say they got Cormonte Hamilton in a different position, but the defensive end who started out at Ohio State's back here and starting at, yeah. at DE.
3: No, we're just doing SEC, though, for these purposes.
5: Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I, I'm you're talking to, about Memphis kids who went on and then come back and yeah. the ones that can succeed. Now, Cormonte, he's,
3: he's probably going to be on the short list here, right? I mean, there's not a lot. Um, and I don't know what that is, like – is it because you know guys thought they were too good for Memphis when they left, and then they came back and they feel like, oh, I'm you know
5: I'm still the best player here, and you haven't earned that? I, I have no idea on on that front. I I, I think this this I, I don't necessarily think I see a trend. What I'm concerned about for Memphis is transfer portal. It feels like they. They haven't won that the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Yep, and and here, and I and I bring it up, John, for this reason that we've he- continued to hear Ryan Silverfield talk about how young this team is, right, and how many young guys are going to be playing in 2022. With the way things are set up, you don't hear that as often. Why? Because. Uh, Frankly, you're hitting the transfer portal in situations where maybe previously you had to depend on that youth. Right. But you're, you're looking in the offseason. For me, guys, just as important as winning recruiting in terms of the stars and what you're ranked is now winning that transfer portal battle and bringing in more than you're losing. And I'm not sure that's been the case for Memphis the last couple of years. That, that's the point to me, that, that instead of relying on youth or saying, hey, we're going to be young again, people don't want to hear that anymore in this day in age of the transfer Portal. You can get older quickly. We're seeing Penny Hardaway do it, but more, and more keep it stuck to football. That 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 having to wait on guys. You you don't do that anymore because just like you are expected to win the recruiting battles, you are expected to be a, a plus when it comes to your net in the transfer portal. And I think that's where Memphis here last couple of years has got to get back to a situation where, listen, we're we're not losing more than we're getting. That would that would be my comment off some yeah, of these. You got more going of these out than you got coming you absolutely. in. Absolutely. And and you keep hearing Ryan Silverfield again talk about youth and playing young guys. Well, way to defeat, you know the the way to get through that is 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 taking advantage and at least getting more than you're losing in transfer portal. So back to the point. Um, listen, I I think Jay Ducker, a guy you got out of the transfer portal. Hopefully he's a guy that can help you when it comes to trying to net back out positive from what you've lost. But yeah, don't no, no, John. Some of these transfers that have come in that haven't haven't panned back out. Some of it's that um you've lost a lot lately hopefully some of these incoming guys can start contributing again including the the aforementioned Cormante
3: yeah that, that, I think that's the key uh the key is that you know you just because even the Julian Barnett kid right that came in from Michigan State mm-hmm. like he he's he's in the or category like he might start but he might not you know you gotta you gotta t- you know take advantage of of you know situations like you know Shamar Nass never suited up then didn't, didn't play so you know, yes, at some point, but it's also like you also have guys like Greg Rubin who are homegrown, who are in line for big years, it, theoretically, right? So sure, you sure. you can do it multiple ways, but yes, you've lost some impact guys to the transfer portal, and you know you, you gotta you gotta replace them, you gotta replenish that. So um, I know you're interested in the kicking game, and and everybody should be interested in the kicking game because the kicking game. Lost them, you know, several games last season. The uncertainty there, the weirdness around that position, right? Uh, going into the season, Chris Howard did win the job uh, as the as the place kicker. Um, he over is, David Kemp, yeah, over David Kemp, the uh, young man who was like, didn't David Kemp come
5: in as like the number one kicker in the country? Yeah, and struggled a little bit last year, yeah. but then got it back together there toward the end of the year. At least got a little bit more consistent. But Silverfield said recently that uh, he was getting beat out by yeah. Chris Howard. And now you look at it; he's he's not even he's not on the too deep. Yeah. Now I think Silverfield has said that he's dealing with a little bit of an injury, but it is odd to see him not on the too deep at all.
3: Yeah. Uh, Chris Howard is a Florida transfer, so this is a this is maybe a place where they can win the portal at the, at the kicking position. Ah, there you go. I mean, I've, another plus. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm looking for the positive. Well, I mean, here.
5: it looks like you need one. It looks like you know Kemp was uh, apparently. You know, again, I don't know the nature of the injury that's been uh, speculated upon today. Yeah, but I feel like Kemp had the yips, bro. I feel like he, but he got it back together at the end of the season. The yeah. point is like he made his last five or six straight.
3: I want to say, yeah. But I feel like that's kind of the, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going. to But, but you know, look, I mean, Chris Howard wasn't the full time guy, but I mean, he was, he was pretty good last season in his limited opportunities. He did make a, uh, he made a field goal against Alabama. I mean, I'll take that. I'll take Chris Howard, redshirt senior. Hell yeah! I think that, I, that that could be a big difference. I mean, because I I think about that East Carolina game, right? You, you know, the East Carolina game was a, cal- a calamity because you didn't have any certainty at the kicking. You had Joe Doyle out there kicking field goals. He's a punter, you know. I mean, that's the that that was a costly, um, you know, thing for Memphis last season. So you know, you have a little bit more certainty. You would hope with uh, with Chris Howard here, and it could make a difference for uh, you know for for Memphis. So anyway, the two deep is officially out no big surprises for memphis but we're just you know we're five days away and uh that's really the the most significance from it
5: next story all right uh, another story involving i guess in some ways a memphis football player a former memphis football player see this story uh happened sunday evening washington commander's rookie running back brian robinson was shot multiple times during a they they're still calling at least last I looked a possible attempted robbery. They're still unsure of the nature uh, in in terms of this kid getting shot, the rookie, who had uh, impressed so much during camp that it looks like he was possibly going to replace former Tiger Antonio Gibson as the commanders and make sure I do that slowly, um get still getting used to the name change, as their their go to running back, or at least their most you know, at least their uh you know, first and second down back he was shot multiple times in his lower extremities. Now, obviously, Ron Rivera and others, team president Jason Wright, they all were at the hospital. They're just uh, right now happy that he's alive. Uh, it does look like, though, this is going to be a deal where he can recover and eventually resume his football career, but not right now. And for the time being, it looks like Antonio Gibson, who again had been challenged uh, by Ron Rivera recently, is look, guy, you're going to hold this spot down. you going to have to come on with it. I think been put back on special teams um in some instances, this puts him uh right back into that into that spot. Him and J D McKissick who had been their third down back, they'll likely go back to sharing duties, but uh just an unfortunate incident uh deal you see where guy about to start a season up uh and be a big part it looked like as 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 a rookie um gets shot up. And it's going to put a former Tiger, at least for the time being, yeah. uh, it's going to give him another shot at holding this thing down. We'll see what Antonio Gibson does with it. I do wonder if mentally, Ron Rivera, if that team, if they've sort of moved on. But, again, we don't know how long it's going to take this young man to recover. So, for the time being, Antonio Gibson uh, looks like he's going to be back as the starter with the Commanders when this season starts. uh, What, in a couple of weekends from now? Can't wait till the start of football. Uh, We'll see what kind of season it is for the Commanders and Antonio Gibson.
3: Yeah, I mean – Antonio Gibson had lost the job by all accounts uh, because he was, you know, about to be returning kicks, and that's not something that you would be asking your starting running back in the NFL to do, right? You would want him to take as few hits as possible, mm-hmm. so you, he would not be returning kicks. So he had he had lost the job, and I don't, it, it's kind of odd to me that he would have. You know, I don't. I'm not in camp, but based on what we saw from Antonio Gibson last season, in a, in a he, this is second. This will be his third year in the league, right? Yeah, yeah. The first two years of Antonio Gibson in the NFL have been pretty damn good by all accounts. I mean, he hasn't been the most efficient, but that offense has been a disaster.
5: The offense been, but injury issues have played him a little bit. And I think his explosiveness hasn't necessarily a lot of that you can contribute. I think to the attribute to the injuries themselves, but they've been look. look Antonio Gibson was never an every down back at Memphis. Like it was sort of a deal where you know what we've we've got an absolute stud here, Washington said when they when they got him and said we're going to make him that, but he's never been that, and so to ask him to be this guy that carries the ball every down, stays healthy all the time, he was never that coming up. He was a guy that did everything else, friggin played receiver at Memphis, returned kicks and everything else so so the job they put him in was a tough one to ask him anyway, because your body's built different when you 're that guy, you've got to be a different person than you were, and so I think it's taken away. Having to take on that load the first couple of years, it's taken away from his explosiveness, especially when you factor in the injuries. Um, I don't know that he's ever that, John, because he wasn't raised to be that. He might be better off being that explosive guy, but for the time being, he's going to go back to being there mostly every down back with McKissick relieving him. Hopefully, again, he can do enough to hold it down, and it's not a deal where they decide, you know, what's your expendable.
2: Uh, Next
3: story. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was going to continue to add on that. I actually think I, w- I was talking about this with some, you know, I'm in a fantasy league with a bunch of, you know, I'm not trying to even flex, like, like it's former NFL guys and current NFL guys, and we were talking about Antonio Gibson, right? Like, if the Raiders hate Josh Jacobs so much, they should trade him away and get Antonio Gibson. Like, I feel like Antonio Gibson would be like a really good fit for the Raiders, or he could go to the Texans. Send
5: to the Texans. You know, that dude will carry the ball 35 times. Okay. Yeah. I, see, you know? I don't, I don't know, I don't know that he's got much of that more in that got that in him. Again, not on a consistent basis. I don't think that's what he is. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason well, why the body is broken down and why he's lost some of the explosiveness. Yeah. Because he was never raised to be that, John. Yeah, no, you're right. He was, he Washington was a- put him in that spot thinking, okay, he can handle it. Yep. But remember that, that year, what, 2019? I want to tell you, he, was, uh, he wasn't even over 400 yards. Remember, because mm-hmm. he was, in terms of rushing, because he was doing everything, returning kicks, receiving everything else. Now they've got him in a spot where, man, that body gets beat up. Um. Again, hopefully he can hold up enough that he's out there and holds it get you know resolidifies his you know his his hold on that spot but i'm not sure that in in terms of year to year that this is what he is he may be more like a guy you line up in the slot sometimes a guy who who looks more like a third down back in terms mm-hmm. of all the different ways that you can use him rather than an everyday back and frankly that might be better for his career well you know tony pollard is is
3: is like the shining guy mm-hmm. right now for memphis in the nfl and i'm
5: telling you right now what tony pollard doesn't want john you're right. I mean, because because he looks good in the Dallas. Everybody's raving about him. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to become Zeke. No. Where not na- you're, you're having then the you're ground, asked to yeah. do it every time because in the NFL, dude, that that will that will that that will end your career mm-hmm. prematurely in terms no, you're of right. longevity. Certainly will t-
3: at least take some years off. But of they it. were they're talking about uh, you know because they they're gonna they're gonna milk Zeke one more year because they him that, right? that money right? Get that yeah. But yeah, they want it. Tony Pollard on the field. So they you know Cedric Wilson's gone and they don't really have a replacement for him. So Tony Pollard's going to be playing some slot, which he can do. I think Tony Pollard's going to actually have a, have a really, really, really fantasy relevant football season. Like I think he's a guy that you probably want to have on your fantasy roster because a) if Zeke ever did go down, which we know he could do, right, and b) he's going to catch passes.
5: I'm going to go four plus touchdown receptions for Tony Pollard.
3: I, I like it. I think it's a good bet. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think quite honestly, they have Ceedee Lamb. Gallup's hurt, you know, and Schultz, the tight end. I mean, who else is going to catch passes for them, bro? You know? I mean, it, it, to be determined. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see how CD does. We'll see how CD does, um, you know, with, uh, with with the new attention. But, yeah, um, I, I saw that yesterday. I was like, wow. Like, that is – that they say he's going to come back. He's going to play football at some point this season. That's
5: the war that's the, the, which is like incredible. You get shot. You just Yeah, I don't know what the timeline for that is, what the recovery for that looks like. I imagine. What, do, we, do we know how many times he was shot? It just says multiple. We don't even know how many bullets he took. No. So that's, I saw resume his football career. I don't know if I saw, oh, he'll be back by week 12.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. They don't have a timeline yet, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it, was a, it was a hell of a story nonetheless. Next story. All right, so the NFL released a top 100 ranking, right? The NFL Network always does this. Uh, number one. You can guess. Derek Carr. Uh, but they went through and uh, ESPN went through it and said, who's overrated on this list and who's underrated? You know who they said the first guy that was overrated on this list? Russ Wilson. At number 13, this is what ESPN said. I get the upside of Wilson playing in the Broncos' new offensive scheme. There will be motion and misdirection, and it'll be more pass-heavy. And there's real talent at the receiving spots in Denver. However, ranking Wilson at Tom Brady and Joe Burrow gave me some pause here based on the tape I watched from last season. Do you feel like Russell Wilson is overrated right now? I kind of feel him. I kind of feel him. I kind of feel him.
5: I kinda do too, but I but I still root for Russell. So I want this to be wrong. I want Russell having a monster season with Denver. I really do. But I, I'm one who believes that no, that it's he's he's a little overrated. Um was he fantastic for those Seattle teams? Absolutely. But did that defense have just as much to do with their success? Absolutely too. So I don't think Russ is just a guy where you can you know, you can just plug in and all of a sudden he takes a non playoff team to a contender. Yeah. I do think if you put him in the right situation, like the Colts, where Matt Ryan is, then he's a guy who can take you, who can who can help you get to a Super Bowl. But yes, I do. so to your point, yes, I think I think Russ a little bit overrated. Yes, but so, I do root for him, John.
3: So this is this is ESPN's top one hundred NFL networks. So I apologize, but it's the same. It's the same uh, concept here. They have Derrick Henry at sixty one. Mm-hmm. They say that ranking is too low. Uh, underrated Derrick Henry at 61. Maybe the 2021 foot injury dropped Henry down the ranks this year when fully healthy. However, Henry can absolutely dictate the flow of the game. He plays like a freight train coming downhill on the tracks, and he will wear out opposing defenses as a volume runner with big play juice. It's ridiculous that he's that low. 61 does feel very low. Stupid. Like he he almost might, invalidates their list. Well, he might. Where do they got Tom Brady. He might be there. Uh, they got Russell Wilson ahead of Tom Brady, though, as as we just mentioned, yeah.
5: right? And Tom's one from his peers. That's the point. They put right. out their list. Yes. NFL Network, which obviously gets the peers, polls the peers, the other yes. players. They have Tom Brady number one.
3: That ESPN has Patrick Mahomes number one. So I mean, and I, I get it. I get why you would do that um because of the future and what he projects to be but they have Tom Brady at 20th Tom to Brady point.
5: led the league in passing yards last year Yes he did 5316 and touchdown passes 43 touchdowns the passing yards were the highest ever for him And so I got no problem with his with, with the rest of the league saying he's the best Right. right now, that he's the best. This list well, changed from year ridiculous. to year. Twenty is ridiculous. So I mean, he, yeah, he shouldn't be listed twenty. Now, if you want to factor in uh, sidearm passes and who's got the most skill level right now, okay, I understand. But mm-hmm. that, that that's a that, that's criminal to wow. have Brady that low on that list after he just threw for fifty three hundred
3: yards. Well, you don't have to just you don't have to boil Patrick Mahomes down to no look sidearm passes. I mean, he 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 is amazing. You know, I don't know if he's. I, I wouldn't put him ahead of Tom Brady though. I think he's top three. I'll give Patrick Mahomes top three. But I, I, I'm trying to figure out are you guys projecting here? Are you projecting that Tom Brady's gonna finish like poorly this season because of the offensive line? Because there's no other way to rank that guy number twenty. I mean if you just wanna if you just wanna say, all right, we project that he's gonna be on his ass a lot and he's not gonna be the same guy that he was a year ago, that's one thing. But I I don't get the case. Um, you know, I, I just don't get the case of, of him being twentieth, but they say Derrick Henry is is low uh, at sixty one. So Patrick Mahomes was eight on, on the NFL rank, NFL right, yeah, rank on list. the NFL Network. Yeah, um, Jeffrey Simmons ninety two. While we're on the subject of the Titans here, underrated
5: at ninety two, very much so.
3: And I think that's true too. I mean, D, you know, we saw it against it, Buffalo last uh, year. He's
5: one of the top two or three DTs now in the league. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, because he he can he can change a game. Yes, he, he can absolutely change a game single handedly. Um, and while we're on the subject of the Titans, you know, it's your it's your stick, right? It's your stick to to sort of react and tell us what the future holds as a result of preseason games. But is there anybody maybe besides Justin Fields who had a more impressive preseason than Malik Willis at that spot at a, oh. at, a, at a high profile spot?
5: Man, they got him a good one. Looks like. In the third round, yeah, he's going to end up being a steal, John.
3: Yeah, I think so. I, 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 I've heard him talk. I've, I've heard some interviews. I've watched him on the field. I mean, I think he's an,
5: I think he's a franchise quarterback. I do. I think the Titans got one. So to start the year, Vrabel's mad at him because he wouldn't stand in the pocket and throw. So, yep. Like, stick with the offense. We know you can run. Yep. By the end of the preseason, Vrabel's saying the, the, the guy can beat you anyway. He can run on you, which we saw. He can stand in the pocket and throw the ball. Yep. like he. You, you could see the growth, and Vrabel had to admit it. I love the way they coached him this preseason. I love the, the fact that he's got time to sit behind Tannehill. You don't need to throw him out there right now, like like the Bears did last year, frankly, with, with Justin Fields. You know, Once they decided to, to move the switch, they didn't do that in the preseason. They waited a little bit. You don't have to play Malik Willis this season. If you don't want to, yep, um, I just love the setup for him i love I love the the way they're going to coach him up and and yes, John, I'm with you it it's not just the first week of what we saw in some flashes. you saw him get better week to week, yep, and uh, that's the future right there I don't know when it will happen, I don't know when the future arrives next year, but it's, so you could do it like Trey Lance, right well, I think Trey appeared in six games last year, John ended up starting two. And now they were ready to hand everything over to a hand. Now, whether that's the right move or not, we'll see. Because, again, they could have just kept Garoppolo here, and we've got to see if they cut him, John, to start the year here with Garoppolo or else they're going to owe him money if he's on the roster. But back to the point. They worked Trey Lance in last year, six games, started two of them, were ready that next year to hand it over to him. Maybe it's a deal like that where where, you know, even even if you've got a good team, you're you've played Malik Willis a little bit. You're ready to hand it off to him next year. Then you can get off all that Ryan Tannehill money. Hey, and go. You've got your quarterback on a rookie deal. Go spend it elsewhere. Go make your run. You know, go go try to make a run with your quarterback on a rookie deal, like we've seen. You know, work for for Seattle. We were just talking about Russell Wilson, hundred percent work for them back in the day. Can use that money elsewhere while you've got him on that rookie deal. Um, could be an ideal way to go for Tennessee. He looked good.
3: Yeah, no, he did, and uh, and so that's the he's not in the top 100 yet, but maybe in three years he will uh, he will find himself there. Anyway, uh, we are officially what a week and a half away from week one of the NFL season. Preseason is over, and now uh, now it starts to count. Now it starts. I mean, I I don't know if you're gonna are you gonna give Justin Fields a respect burger? No.
5: See, that's ridiculous. But I am excited. I'm not. I won't sit up here and say, Thank tell you, you that, that performance didn't give me a little giddy. Thank you. And say maybe I need to retake stock of what I got here. Excited. Uh, now you remember when we drafted him? Though how I was running all over the house. No, you, you remember you, that? Yeah, video? no, it's like on I, Instagram. It was, but it was always, are we going to be competent enough? I, right. I, it feels like maybe our man, my man, Poles, the GM, the new GM, has put the right OC, the you know the the rights uh, in terms of coaching staff around him, perhaps. Because Justin Fields was super confident. What well, he only missed a couple of passes in that game, throws for three touchdowns like in the first half. He looked outstanding. Does that mean I'm all of a sudden thinking the Bears can win the division and make the playoffs? No. But it looks like perhaps we've put the right uh, sort of coaching staff that we need around him. He looked very comfortable this week. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, but no respect, Burger. I don't yeah, do that. Well, I, you're, you're not going to win Otherwise, they, they, they lose some of the taste. They lose credibility. But, but
3: I do think you're going to see a good, a great connection between Fields and Mooney this year. I think there's there's we'll going to be. Go get him
5: as your fantasy QB then. Great connection.
3: I, I, I've got Mooney
5: proudly. Because that's all he sees. Oh, that's it. It's it's going to be a lot of Mooney. It's Kind of all we got though. It is. Who else am I? Who am him I worried and, about? Uh, remember old Tajay Sharp? Didn't oh. we did we get Tajay on the? Yeah, I think we called In him a tornado. tornado. Yeah, yeah, tornado Tajay. So He's trying to trying to revive the career. He's number
3: two, bro. He's
5: up there. He's up there. He he might be the three because we got dudes like Pringle and all that. Oh, yeah, guys. Byron Pringle? I think we got the Pringles, you know.
3: The Renaissance.
5: Yeah, he's playing Pringle Redemption N- door. N- nothing fancy about him.
3: Oh, no, he's just a, you know, Pringle, you know. I mean, he's just like the plain Pringle.
5: Gets it done, but not a lot to it. You know, if we had a number one to put with Mooney, you know, then then we could start talking. Right, if you guys had like a Devontae then we could really put him at the two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no it's but it feels i'll tell you man, three
3: touchdowns three of them things. Yeah,
5: that's yeah. pretty damn good he looked pretty good man uh
3: thanks, but uh, thanks for
5: that that made me feel good
3: not man. on the top 100 but maybe he maybe he'll he'll soon find himself on this list with some with more preseason performances like that
5: next story all right uh i this story almost makes you say what this 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 could really happen and Go on, apparently, throughout an entire volleyball match. Rachel Richardson, I'm sure you've seen the news now, Duke volleyball player uh, at BYU over the weekend and said on Sunday that BYU officials were slow to react initially, uh, slow to react as she was called the N-word, basically every time she served the ball. Um maybe it do, maybe it shouldn't surprise us considering where this was in utah and we've seen the situations even with the jazz and the the whole deal with uh westbrook a couple of years ago but give me a break this is coming from the student section this 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 Black player from Duke being called the n-word every time she serves it's coming from the BYU student section and nobody from the student section is doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like how do you get to a point where you're going through a whole match and she's uh uh in this case Miss Richardson is having to to listen to this more than one time. Like you would figure if you're in any kind of place of common decency yep. that this gets co- and and I got I, you know you know what I did when I thought about this story I thought about all the times I've been to a volleyball match. Now I must say for me, the majority of that's high school. The old preps guy. I've been in some high school gyms covering a volleyball match, or, or uh, haven't. I, I, I've seen Memphis play. That's a longer time ago. But you got to remember that was El Morone, Place wasn't packed. Right. My point was, how loud does it get at volleyball match? Right. Right, You can probably hear the N-word. I'm thinking when somebody says it a volleyball batch, unless you're dealing with number one, number two, you can probably hear it all throughout the arena, I would imagine, and especially if you're saying it multiple times. So the fact that it happened multiple times, that after it came out the first time, that people in the student section didn't point this person out, point this dude out and say, get him out, that that didn't happen. What does that say about the BYU student section and the people that were willing to accept it for multiple times before anything was done about it? You know, it never should have gotten to a point where the girl hoarded it more than one time. It shouldn't happen once, obviously. You start getting multiple times, nobody's doing anything about it. What are we, what kind of world are we living in? Yep. Well, we're living in Utah. That, you know, again, goes back to Utah. You can say it's BYU behavior. You can say it's Utah behavior. What it clearly is is unacceptable and shouldn't be happening in 2022. Now, the athletic director tried to come out afterwards and, and say, listen, I, I met with this volleyball player and her coach and, Listen, we're supposed to be of God's love here, at BYU, and this falls—you know—this falls short of that. This falls short of God's of showing God's love, guys. It falls short of human decency. Forget for, for yes, you know, yes, God's love and how we should all be spreading it. Th- this is common decency. Forget you. He said we fell short of showing God's love. Now you fell short of just being human and 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 showing human decency here, allowing an atmosphere to be this charge where a girls got to hear this throughout the match. So it's, it's infuriating. It's everything else. Um, and it's, a, it's apparently Utah. What I would tell Duke is don't play BYU, you know, because it's unfair of you all to take your black student-athletes into situations where this is going to be the case. So, so, how do you nip it in the bud? Well, we can all say, kumbaya and wish people wouldn't say things like this, right, but the way you do it, you keep your student athletes out of these positions take b y u off the schedule, don't play them anymore, and again, if it happens somewhere else, well, then you move you you, you do that, but you have got to put your student athletes in a position where they are not having to see or hear things like this. you've got to take care of them you know you you owe it to them to not put them in situations like this yeah no
3: i I, I agree, I think everybody involved in this debacle. Obviously, other than Rachel Richardson, completely failed. I think Duke volleyball failed. I think BYU. That message from the AD was just piss. I thought it was you know because it's not about you know it's not about uh, God's love. It's not, It's it's about like the fact that you guys clearly did nothing about
5: it. Yeah, you're right. You're supposed to be on some higher plane. Uh, the the way he was talking that we're we're about we're about God's love here. And yeah, all. you ain't even on a plane of human decency when right. you got this happening on your campus. Well, but, his his message was yeah.
3: like uh, if you if you would have met Rachel Richardson, you'd love her. What? You you, you shouldn't have to meet somebody to not call them that.
5: Well, yeah, good point. Right. Yeah.
3: I don't need to get to know you and know that you're a
5: good person. We don't need your judgment For, on her to decide it, well, you know whether or not right. we should call her an N word or right.
3: not. Right. It's 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 like he he put, he put the burden on Rachel Richardson to prove to BYU students that she wasn't worthy of being called that. Right? Mm-hmm. Fail. Duke volleyball should have ended the match right then and there and said we are not going to play because one of our players, I believe, the only black volleyball player on the roster, the well, only starter,
5: I think, okay, the only one I, I read in her letter. Okay. There, are, but there still, I mean, it's obviously she sticks out. She's the one out there, right? Yeah. So,
3: so you're putting her in a position by not acting then and there. You know, Duke should have done something. They should have been proactive. If I was the coach, I think it's your responsibility to say my kid, my kid is being called, uh, you know, a, a, an absolutely heinous thing. We're not playing here. So if you have a problem with that, that's fine. But but uh, we're not playing. So I think they, she was failed by Duke. The the message from BYU was was horrible. Uh, I mean, that was just not not in a million years did that fly with me. Um, and, and you know, then of course she comes out with a very classy and you know, high road statement. She says, I'm not here to call out BYU. I'm here to call them up. You know, yeah. she borrowed that from uh, my my great friend, Willie, Willie Green. Willie Green said that. Yes. Coach him up. Yes. I'm not calling
5: you out. I'm calling you yes, up. But he did do the up thing. You're right about you that. You know, reference.
3: but I but but I thought the burden got put on Rachel Richardson, and she was the victim. She was the one who was called that. You know, how is that? How are we doing that still? Um, yeah. So she,
5: I mean, she shouldn't have to be Jackie Robinson and like endure that, right? That's the point. It right. to be 2022. Yes, you got to protect your student athletes from that mess. If that's still going on, we know it is. So take them off the schedule. Like what? What are we talking about here? Yeah, in the in
3: the game doesn't happen. And you and you and you say explicitly. she shouldn't have to be
5: Jackie Robinson and endure that mess because that was the times and all. You know, Jackie Jackie had to sit there and take it. Because what well, what if he do if he bucks back well then then what happens with with the ones behind me are they getting their opportunity we shouldn't ask her to beat Jackie in this situation you got to endure that now in 2022 we're supposed to be beyond that it's ridiculous
3: yeah so but but she 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 did she put out a a great statement you know um. Obviously, you know, she's she's a she's a. uh, But again, you don't have to meet somebody and you shouldn't be required to meet somebody to determine whether or not you can call them a slur. I mean, that's just like that insinuation is just absolutely ridiculous in 2022 or ever. Right. I mean, that can that's basically what he was implying. If you would have met her, you would love her.
5: No, that's not what this is about, Tom. Let's say every other every other student that was sitting there beside that dude as he was calling out, and either smiled or didn't say nothing, but was cool with it in that way. No, you're right, because you stayed there. Yeah, no, you like them suckers should I, be in the same I boat. Saw, to I me. saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that said, okay, "If you have ten people, and, and excuse, you know, I shouldn't be calling him any name, but that's the point. Is my frustration level was that It's everybody that's sitting around him that allowed it to continue to go yeah, down, you John. Don't, you don't have one race racist. To you, got, you got ten. Right, a hundred percent. If you if you smiled at it or you right. let it go, ha <laughs> ha, it was funny to you. And he's doing this every time she serves. Man, you're just as bad as he is.
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
5: Anyway, that uh, at, uh,
3: that happened over the. Weekend. They they deserve a disrespect dog,
5: you know. I I, Yeah, and I and I had a Respect Burger for the way she handled herself. But again, she shouldn't have to be the one to have to endure have thick skin. Look at the way she handled herself. You know, she shouldn't be put in that position in the first place.
3: Yeah. Uh all right, we'll come back. We'll do respect burgers at one o'clock, then Jason Fitz will join us at one twenty five. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful
2: enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island.
3: Chris McCulley's a smiling face. When he comes out to your house, you might smile too. Because he's here to bring the solution. You got roofing problems, roof damage, storm damage, anything else going on around the house, he can fix it. That's what he does. McCully Roofing and Renovations is what he owns. A few years ago, I had roof uh, roof damage, storm damage. I can't tell you exactly what was going on. All I know is I had water inside my house. Had to get the bucket and everything. He came out the next day. He said, Look, man, you got storm damage. I'm going to get it covered. No matter if I can cost you by your insurance. That's exactly what happened. When he comes out, let him know you heard about him on the Jason and John show. He's going to throw in a
5: free roof and upgrade. You get him out by calling 487 7096. 487 Lock it in. Because whether it's now or later, we've all got issues with our roofs. And then renovation questions, as John said, he'll handle that for you as well. So lock the number in, four eight seven seven zero nine six. 7096 can check out the website at McCulleyRoofingLLC.com if you'd like. You can check out the ton of five-star reviews he's got on Facebook as well over at McCully Roofing and Renovation.
3: All right, so um, a <clears throat> couple of uh, notes from the weekend in college football. Uh, Nebraska lost again. Yep, yep, yep. That's one of those brands, man. You just wonder. You just wonder will it ever be what it used to be, you know? If Scott Frost can't do it, it's a like Penny coming back to Memphis, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if Penny can't do it, who can do it? You know, I mean, Nebraska's a, you know, the world's the world is, uh, you know, much I guess you would say smaller now, right? Because of of social media and you know all like uh, and Nebraska's not the only you know brand that's strugg- like Florida State's struggling. We talked about that last week. You know, they're not the same. They haven't been the same for a while. Uh, Nebraska is one of those, one of those, you know, big in the 80s, big in the 90s. And then, you know, once the world opens up a little bit, right, the balance of power shifts uh, quite a bit. And uh, they just have not been the same. They have not been a very relevant football program. And they lost uh, 31-28 to a Northwestern team that was entering the game a 12-and-a-half, 13-point underdog. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a huge upset, by the way.
5: Okay. Yeah, everybody at ESPN had picked uh they showed that everybody at ESPN had picked Nebraska to win that game. Yeah. David Pollock was making a joke of it. He said, of course, since we all picked Nebraska, uh, Northwestern's going to win the game. Turns out he should have he stuck with that.
3: Yeah, so uh, it doesn't look very good for, uh, for Scott Frost. I mean, he's, he's going to win his next two games, and he'll be 2-1 and one going into a home game against Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Win that, and you know, we'll be having a different conversation. We'll say, oh, well, he, he turned it around. He figured it out. If you beat a top ten Oklahoma team, he's going to at least you know he's going to get a day of that,
5: right? Well, that, that's what, all it'll be is a day, right? Because again, you, you you've not won more than five games since you've been there. This is year five. Right. It's got to be more than just a win over a ranked Oklahoma team. Yeah. That, at some point, again, getting off to this kind of start, you're already over one in conference. It doesn't give anybody any kind of you know any kind of hope or faith in terms of that you are that guy. So yeah. And I, even if he beats Oklahoma, there's no guarantee he makes it through the season because if if that's the, the could be a situation just like Memphis beat Mississippi State last year. Okay, at one point it looks pretty good for you, but what does it amount to the rest of the season? Memphis finished 6-6. Six six. We barely even remember they beat Mississippi State last year. It could end up being that for Fair. him, especially based on the hole he's already dug for himself. So.
3: But in fairness, Oklahoma much better than, than Mississippi State.
5: Yeah. Uh, a win over Oklahoma, number 9 Oklahoma, if he's still looking at a – you know, a five-win season. Right. He's still fired. No, you're right. That's my
3: point. No, you're right. It's going to take gonna more than just
5: beating Oklahoma it, to, be to save his job. It'll have
3: to be real. It'll, it can't be like one of those fluky. You know, okay, you beat a top ten team, but then you lose to Indiana next week. You know, mm-hmm. you can't. It, it, that 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 he will not. Uh, that he will not survive. That is true. Uh, can we get a round of applause for Mike Wright? That's what bandit did yeah. I mean, bro had like five hundred thousand yards. <laughs> I mean, myself. against Hawaii? wide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Vanderbilt is not a team that starts out of the gate very fast. Typically, historically, they usually they usually lose their openers. They left no room for doubt. Can I just like go through Mike Wright's stats here, please? I, I want Vandy to succeed, man. I'm pulling for Vandy. Um, he had 146 yards through the air with two touchdowns, but he added 163 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. So that's pre- I mean that's pretty damn good for Vandy. They're in they're first place in the SEC. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, take a picture of it, bro. Frame it.
5: You know, NFT. It should be an NFT. The, my guess is that, you know, the next couple of weeks will be the most we talk about them all season long. It's going to be back to the school of hard night. No,
3: you know, I'm going to talk about them every week because they're the best team in college football, right? Mm-hmm. Clark Lee said that. They're the best team in the in the country. Um, and they have Mike Wright Jr. I mean, you have Mike Wright Jr. I mean, that, how, how many do you think he's going to run for against Alabama, like 350? Yeah, I think he has a... Yeah, sure. I'm I'm going over.
4: I will say they, you know, their defense looked really good. I know it's Hawaii, but that li- they had a linebacker that that jumped the route and and hammered a guy. The, the linebacker apparently is like all, damn near an all American, so they got pieces. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not trying to. This is not a party for Vandy. I'm just I'm making
3: the case for Vandy. Hawaii, I believe. Had to replace more players than any
4: other college football team in the country. Yeah, that that is a slaw ass team. That was the team that Memphis was supposed to play in their bowl that's game, right. right? And they and they and they, they um, couldn't even field a they, team because of the the, the, the whole coaching that, situation yeah. and COVID.
3: They tucked their tail between their legs. There's Yikes. no question about yeah. that. Um, so you know you can't even watch Hawaii games on the on the uh, on the mainland now, mm. unless you pay, unless you pay for like <laughs> the uh, you got to do the pay per view. Is, it, is this going to impact the Smith household?
5: No, not at all.
3: Okay. Well,
5: I, I guess I don't. I don't even need to send you the streaming link, then, do I? Yeah. No, it doesn't. And and nor am I prepared to sit here and try to gather a ton from a Vanderbilt win over no, that's a fair. Hawaii team. Then. Okay. No, I mean, I it's guess fair. I guess yeah, it, it'll you know, be back it, to it, normal. We're,
3: we're in Memphis. We're in the heart of SEC country. We let, can't talk let, about the team's first place in the SEC. Let let us <laughs> let's,
5: let's see some of that against yeah. Wake Forest because we're certainly not going to see it again against Alabama. Yeah. But let's see some of this improvement. Yeah. In, and then if you want to have faith in this coach that he can get it back, get it to being the best program in the country, you can do it then.
3: Okay. Well, do you want to talk about North Texas, Memphis's opponent?
5: Yeah. No, Grant Next. Gunnell.
3: No, it's, sorry. How many weeks away? Three weeks?
5: Mm-hmm. Three they're, weeks away? They're, yeah, they're fourth. Yes. Okay, yes. Fourth on the schedule.
3: Okay, there you go. Austin, I don't know how to say his last name. Do you know how to say his last not. It's not Ganell Austin On? I don't know if that's how you say it. But he is definitely entrenched there as a starter. They beat UTEP thirty-one to
5: thirteen. And no reason to make any change now. No, yeah,
3: sixteen to twenty-nine, two thirty-six and three tutties. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be the guy. Which is it just makes the decision from Greganell that much weirder to me um, because where would you really where, where would you rather be a backup at North Texas or Memphis? I mean, I guess if you're he's from Texas, so maybe he just wanted to get closer to home. Mm. But and, I mean, you used a transfer to to be a backup again. That's not the way you're supposed to do it, right? You're supposed to transfer to a place where you can start. I thought, I don't know, I I can't say I understand it, but uh, he didn't. He wasn't going to be the starter at Memphis. He ain't the starter at North Texas. So I thought we would get a. Grang and L. Revenge game. We are not going to get that, barring something unforeseen happening with this well, I about situation. The, I
5: mean, it was a credit to Ryan Silverfield to be able to keep him in, but I wondered about the timing of the whole transfer thing. I mean, you, you wait till after spring ball, everything else, and you put yourself behind the eight ball in terms of where you're going to go. Now, you could go somewhere that has has determined doesn't have any quarterback at all, but, again, what kind of situation is that in terms of from a winning standpoint? Yep. So, it again, the timing of it didn't make a lot of sense to me because you're putting yourself behind the eight ball, already having spent your spring you know, at Memphis in a competition, so uh, I, I was hoping he'd find himself a situation where yes, you could work yourself way into starter. But doesn't seems like seems like he'll be watching just like he would have been watching here.
3: Yeah, no, it's, uh, worse worse you know level. I mean, I know they'll be eventually conference mates soon enough, but not not right now. Um, any other college football notes?
5: Uh, no, your just, weekend? just just looking forward to this week and a real week of college football. Again, trying to draw something out of that nasty week zero. There wasn't much there other than Scott Frost being a major disappointment, and I, I just don't put much stock in that bandy win over White. Yeah, there was some no summer trying.
3: There was a uh, bad beat of the weekend. If you're interested in in me sharing this with you, yes. Um, so Jacksonville State and Stephen F. Austin played a game, right? You're like, why? Why is this even coming up? By the way, Rich Rod is the coach. at
5: Yeah, I actually saw some of those games. Yeah. yeah,
4: there's some. Well, yeah, the UConn Utah State game that yeah. was kind of fascinating because you got Jim Utah, Mora took a Utah, lead. UConn took a leap. I know that sounds a little ridiculous. I'm not going to go out too far here, but they're like up 14-0. <laughs> looked relevant against a good football team.
3: Yeah, they were 14-0 at, at Utah State's place. Yeah, I was locked in this weekend. Anyway, here's the bad news.
4: <laughs> I was the, degenerate too.
3: The, uh, the total on the Jacksonville State and uh, Stephen F. Austin game was 50. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the third quarter, it was 42 to 17. Now, I went to standard <laughs> at White Station, mm-hmm. but what does that add up to? I believe it adds up to 59. <laughs> right. So the over had been hit. Well, the game got canceled because of weather. Oh. They didn't come back out after a weather delay the, because the score was so lopsided, yeah, right? right? In the third quarter. No
4: need to finish this.
3: But if you had the over. Despite you had hitting it, they don't and cancel that bet. It, they voided the bet. They, they did, did not yeah. pay it out. Right. So even though the you, the total surpassed fifty three, if you had the over, damn, the, the bet did not pay because the game was canceled in the third quarter.
4: Ooh, that's a bad one. How
3: about that? <laughs> it's bad. Wow. But the under, by the way, also canceled. So if you had the under and you lost. So the just, house got both. Well, the, well the, nobody. The house didn't get anything. They just voided they all just, bets. Yeah, oh,
4: okay. I thought you were saying they they closed the bet. They they voided. Yeah. The every bets. every
3: bet was voided. Okay. Which to me, if the, if you have a total, right? Yeah. And and because like you can't take points off the board, right? Right. So if you pass if you pass a number, mm-hmm. the bet should be paid out. Yeah. That seems pretty
4: obvious to me. Like if it's a spread. Interesting. Okay, because yeah, you can't subtract points for God. No, sakes. you
3: can't. There's the points are not cut. If it's a spread and you want to say like, well, we don't know that Jacksonville State would have held on to that lead. Okay, right. I understand that you can feasibly like. Uh, okay, that's fine. but it's an overbet. But it's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a simple math. I've equation. never
4: seen that before.
3: Yeah, and and unfortunately for those 42 forty two seventeen is just it's not close enough to justify if it's going to take till midnight or one a.m. or two right, a.m. Right. You know, Memphis. Memphis came out and they. Uh, they had it. They went through this Fuente's first year. That game didn't start to get into like eleven or or, or, or midnight. Was that right? the
4: monsoon game? Yes,
3: yes. Yeah, that thing was stupid. That Memphis lost, right? But it was a close yeah. game. It was a close game and that's why they resumed it. Uh but just a, a bet Who was know, that
4: against U T Martin? It was U T Martin.
3: Yeah. Exactly right. You can say it was, it was nasty. It was nasty. It was a nasty week zero for some people. Uh because they they are they are less rich. They earned money that they didn't get. Yeah. And uh yeah, like you know. I just hope that you have some some room in your heart for those people.
4: You did miss the the UNLV beat a subdivision team this weekend as well, so okay. we got on the board. Okay, good. So folks got a slot machine. Did you see that slot machine? They're, 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 instead of instead having of a, a turnover defensive chain. turnover chain, they have an actual s- large slot machine that you go over and you pull to hit your numbers. So the dude went over there after he got and pulled the, <laughs> the lever, and it came up Las
5: Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. Vegas, Vegas, oh, Vegas. 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 Yeah. And then they, all
4: the, the defensive backs are behind him going nuts, you know? See, that's pretty I, good. I think
5: it's going to be cooler to get away from this stuff. You see? that Miami went away, Cristobal? Well, yeah, I saw that. They decided we're going to put yeah. that away, try to be more substance than anything yeah, else. It's, I think I think now that's the way you want to go. Well,
4: Silverville had a wrestling belt there for a while for the kids.
5: Yeah, we had like a robe,
4: too, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, like the they did the flair thing. And they it was put a wrestling that, deal. The, the wrestling right. thing was a pretty cool original angle. I think we should also do a slot machine. <laughs> I mean, Tunica's not far. That's you know? true. South I mean, I know it's
3: not Vegas, but yeah. I mean, well, we, I, would, we can I would sponsor want
4: to it. We'll sponsor it. How's I would, that? I would want to pull if we it. have a casino sponsor, come on. Yeah, I want to pull the hell out of that thing. I just
5: thought it was so gimmicky. I, lo- I looked at it when I saw the kid do it because yes. he didn't look very he excited. excited. When, he, yeah. when he turned around, he didn't look very excited. And I just wanted. do you really put that in a recruiting pitch like you can come <laughs> to UNLV and pull the slot?
4: <laughs> you get to play in the Raiders stadium and pull the slot, bro.
5: Like, it's just so gimmicky. I That's thought funny. I thought that one was – look at this stadium. UNLV football. But you got the win, though. We got Who dub was it? What the double. Idaho State is a yeah. slaw I mean, subdivision some team. Yeah, it's like a yeah. slaw
3: team. I, if you go to, like, when I, when I toured Allegiant, right, like, you know, the, uh, all, all of it's black and silver, right? Yeah. All of it's black and silver. And there's, like, one small little space that's red, and it's the doors to the UNLV locker room, but that's the <laughs> only place in the arena that's not black or
4: silver. They
3: had a problem with the
4: turf there because they used the Raiders turf for this game. They didn't use the artificial for some reason. I don't know why. And that... Turf grows outside in the Vegas sun. They clearly it had it had like alopecia or something, Jason, because it was like half grown. Like they gave it. Oh, wow. It was like they didn't do a good job on the turf. Yeah, like they explained it when you're on the tour, like how they do it, right? Yeah, like they explain how they
3: how the pride they wheel it out and they let it grow out in the sun during the summer, and then you know it's kind of it's kind of crazy
5: how they do it. Did they got work to do. Do they explain why they have that large piece of Elvis art in a Raiders uniform?
3: Well, because Elvis had the Viva Las Vegas sign or right. song, right? Mm-hmm.
5: So, yeah, they, that they wasn't play that body, all the time. But there's, a, but that, that's you're going several taking several liberties there to put him in a Raiders yard. Viva oh, Las Vegas had nothing to do with the there's Raiders. Like, it was right, about ra- the town. Viva Las Vegas. Right
3: across from him in that spot, right across is a big ass painting, the biggest painting in the building of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, wearing a uh, uh, you know Vegas garb. You know, they, so yes, there were some liberties taken. Uh, Jason... They put him in a
5: Raiders jersey and, and well, what, pads. Well, too wait, 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 wait! I mean, you to oh, put yeah. him in a
4: Tennessee Titans jersey? No, they used to play "Viva Las Vegas" is one of the pet band songs at UNLV.
5: No, I mean just to have Elvis there rocking out, saying "Viva Las Vegas" is one thing, but to put the Raiders jersey on him is almost to say, almost to say, as if he was a fan or seem to. Oh, you sure. Know, you're implying that he was a fan. Yes, it takes maybe too many liberties.